Well, good morning. My name is uh, Mike Gruppen, and uh, I am honored and privileged to uh, have the opportunity this morning to uh, share a message with you. Um, I have recently been to the Philippines, and uh, so this morning is going to be a little bit about sharing about the Philippines, uh, but really, in, in all honesty, uh, it, it's going to be a little bit of a confession time, a little bit of a testimony time, and then a little bit of a encouragement time. And uh, so we're going to kind of uh, walk through uh, my, my, my trip and how it affected me and, um, and, and some things that I have been learning about myself as a leader uh, and, and myself as a uh, communicator of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, um, and I hope that this morning is going to be an encouragement for all of you as well. Is there anybody in here that has ever felt unqualified, inadequate, overlooked, passed up, unprepared, right? Then this, this message might be for you, all right? And uh, so, um, but I am just going to, uh, I'm going to take a minute and I just want to pray again and uh, just ask that the Lord would just guide and direct my words and uh, the message this morning. So Father God, I do just thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to share a little bit about what you're doing in my life, um, but what you are also doing in the lives of each and every single one of us in this room. Father, you have called each one of us to be ambassadors of reconciliation, ambassadors of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, you have called each one of us to go and tell the world about you. So Father, I pray, Lord, that whatever barriers there are, whatever uh, the enemy is, is throwing at us to, to try to stop us, to keep from moving forward, Lord, I, I pray that that be removed right now this morning in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I just thank you for this word in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, this morning, the, the, the primary verse that we're going to just kind of be circling around this morning is found in 1 Corinthians uh, 2, verse 5. If you guys want to turn there. Uh, 1, 1 through 5, actually. Um, and, and, he, and here's what it says. And, and this is uh, the Apostle Paul writing. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. Go on to the next. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. That scripture was really at the center of my Philippines trip. That, that was a scripture that was shared with me uh, about two, maybe three days into my trip when I was in a, a moment of great discouragement because I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. I was feeling very uh, inadequate at the moment. And that scripture was shared with me. I'm going to go into that a little bit more uh, in just a minute. But what, when I knew that that scripture was important, 
was the week after I got home from the Philippines. I was in Bible study, men's Bible study, uh, right back here uh, behind the sanctuary. And we were reading 1 Corinthians 1 and going into 1 Corinthians 2. And one of the things that we often do as a group is we'll take four to five verses at a time and just read through it. Well, as it was reading around into the circle, it wasn't even dawning on me that my five verses were going to be those five verses. And it just, it just happened to work out that way in the, as we circled around. And it was, I really felt like it was the Holy Spirit just again, just, just reiterating to me, Mike, this is for you. This is for you. And I believe that that's for me because um, this is just kind of the confession time right here. Uh, a little over a year ago, some of you guys know, I was, uh, I was uh, placed in a position to, to lead uh, a ministry called the Conqueror's Strength Team. At that time, there had been a lot going on with the ministry, um, and the, 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 there was a lot of pressure to basically save the ministry. There, there, there was a lot of pressure put on me to, uh, to take over the leadership of this ministry and to, to, uh, uh, to, to, to be able to get the finances back in order, to, to be able to get the administration back in order, and, um, and, and, and basically all that responsibility fell on me, and I felt extremely unprepared, inadequate, unqualified, I just felt an extreme amount of pressure. I mean, who, who am I to lead a ministry? Who am I to do uh, all of these things? And, uh, and man, I just put a lot of pressure on myself because in my mind, it was all about me. In my mind, I was focused on what my abilities were, what my, uh, you know, what, where, where my strengths, where my skill set was. I wasn't focused on a God who, who is able to come in and, and give you the strength to accomplish any task. Right? I was focused on what I was capable of. And I felt very unqualified. I started looking at other ministries and the people that were leading those ministries, and I started comparing myself and my skills. And, and I kept, uh, every time that I would look at somebody and compare myself, uh, I would feel. Uh, like, I'm, I'm not like that guy. I'm not like that person over there. I would listen to messages online, and I'd be like, wow, that's a really good message. I could never, ever preach like that. I would never be capable of that. Um, you, you see, I'm a strong guy, right? And, and for many, many years, I've been doing ministry and telling people about Jesus after I just bent steel or broke some bricks or did some crazy thing. And, and I started to think, well, the thing that's important about me, the, the, the platform that I have is breaking stuff, is being strong. And who would ever come and hear me preach or hear me talk if I wasn't going to bend something or do something like that? No, nobody's going to come just to hear Mike Gruppin speak. Right around the same time that I took over the Conqueror's strength team, I sustained an injury to my arm. My right arm is what I bend and break everything with. Right? This, this is my arm that I 
twist everything with, I grip everything with. And that strength in this arm started to become a problem. I couldn't work out. Uh, I would go to do a different feat of strength, and uh, I'd have to hand it over to one of the other guys. And that just continued to, to further um, just crush me and just, just give me that feeling of I'm unqualified, I'm inadequate, I'm not the right person for this. Uh, so, so that continued on uh, for, for a little bit. And this past spring, I was given the opportunity to plan a trip to the Philippines. And initially, I was excited. I was like, I've never been to the Philippines. I want to go to the Philippines. I'm so excited. Uh, you know, and, and this, is, this is going to be uh, a great opportunity. And, and, and uh, somebody came up to me and they said, hey, man, this is, this is really going to uh, be your first opportunity to plan an entire trip. Do all the logistics. Do all, uh, prepare all the messages and do all this stuff. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, Oh, I'm drastically unqualified to do this. And so that anxiety started to grip me again. And again, this is confession time. I'm telling you, the Lord has been working on me through this. Because through this time also, like, like just, just kind of going back over the 15 years of ministry stuff that I've been involved in, I have experienced so much of what I consider to be rejection. So many ministries that I've applied for, so many uh, times where I've put myself out there and the people have told me no, they've passed up on me, right? So all this stuff is just is, is filtering into my mindset. I'm not looking at it from a perspective of God might be saying, hey, Mike, I don't have this ministry for you because I'm taking you here. This church is going to say no to you Mike, because I'm taking you over here. And if you're busy working at this church or doing this thing, then you're going to miss the thing that I have for you. You see, but that rejection started to uh, create my, my, my self-image and, and how I saw myself. And um, so when I started uh, planning this trip to the Philippines, you know, I was like, man, I got I to gotta start researching all the who are all the big evangelists, right? So I'm watching Reinhard Bonnke and Daniel Kalinda, and I'm right watching all these people. And, and as I'm watching them, first I'm inspired. I'm like, what a great message. This is awesome. But then I'm also like, I can't do that. How am I going to do that? Now I'm sitting here and I am comparing myself to Reinhard Bonnke, right? That's, that's not a good place to be, right? And uh, so, so then I'm sitting there, I'm like, how am I going to do this? So, so I am just... I'm spending my days working on the logistics, plane tickets and hotels and lodging and, and getting around and, and all the, the kind of stuff that we have to do to be successful while we're in the country. But then it, I'm also working on these messages and I'm just getting all deep and I'm like, you know, I'm trying to just, I'm finding all this stuff and, and, and everything like that. And uh, it was a stressful summer because I was feeling like this is going to be a mess. We're, we're not going to land in the right place or the, 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 all, all the things are not going to come together. And, and I was just, in my mind, I'm thinking of all the things that could go wrong. And uh, my, my wife always says, Mike, are we going to go around this mountain again? Right? Because that's the way that my mind always thinks. 
I'm always trying to think, oh, what, what's, what, what, what did I not plan for? What's, what's, what's not, not, not going to work? But after nearly 40 hours of travel, three different plane rides, we finally landed in the Philippines, and we were at the location where we were going to be. We met up with the group that we were going to be with, and we went off. Uh, one, one of my guys, his foot like just blew up like a balloon on the airplane, right? So I said, you just stay here, you, uh, you rest up, and uh, we'll, we'll go to the first event. So we go to the first event, and it, it went okay, right? The, the, the event went okay. I was able to preach the gospel. Um, I was able to, um, we, had, we had some people come forward to, to get saved, and, um, but it just, it just felt flat to me. It felt flat to me, and, and it was one of the messages that I had really prepared that I was planning on using a lot throughout the week. People came forward, people got saved, and, uh, but like I said, I just felt flat. The next night, we went out, and uh, we had this event, and um, I went to bend a horseshoe, and this is kind of where the testimony time starts. I went to bend a horseshoe, so I put it here, and normally, like I said, I push it with my right arm. I went to push it, there was no power. It was like, I was like sending the message from my brain to my hand. Nothing was working. And all of a sudden, I was like looking back at the guys. And I don't know how, but I, I figured out a different way to, to bend that thing with my left arm. Eventually got it flattened out. But it, it took me a long time. And inside, I was thinking, if I don't have my strength and I don't have my ability to preach, what do I have to offer? So that night, we got into the van and we were riding back. It was about an hour back to where we were staying. And there was a gentleman with us from Sheboygan, Michigan. This guy is blind. And uh, he just, with the faith of God, he just said he felt like he was supposed to go on this trip with us. So he paid for his own way to go on this trip with us. And he's sitting next to me on the, uh, in, the, in the van. And, and he reaches over and he just touches my leg. And he says, Mike, he says, I don't know what's going on with you right now. But I really feel like I'm supposed to share 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. He says, I have no idea what that scripture says, but I feel like that scripture is for you today. Like he could sense that I was in a, a, a kind of a dark place, a questioning place. So when I got back to the hotel, uh, I opened it up and I just want to read through that again. And uh, I want to read uh, through that scripture a little bit the way that I read it that night. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom or strength as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. I read through that and it just hit me so hard because I was like, I'm trying to do this with wise and persuasive words. I'm trying to do this in my power. And I really felt like sitting there uh, on my bed that night, I felt like the Holy Spirit was just saying to me, Mike, I want you to go out the rest of this time 
And I just want you to brag about me. I want you to preach Christ crucified. I want you to tell them how I walked on water. I want you to tell them how I uh, healed, uh, healed the lame, healed the sick. I want you to tell them how I, wa- uh, how I raised people from the dead. I want you to tell people how I was crucified, died, buried, rose again. And the same Holy Spirit that's, uh, uh, that raised me from the dead is available to you today. I want you to go and just tell them that. Just tell them that. And and then just trust me for the results. So that uh, so then so then I went uh, and I said, well, what what what's leading up to that? What's uh, what's in First Corinthians uh, one leading up to that? And I want to just start at eighteen because this is just some really powerful stuff that I read over and over and over while I was on this trip. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those of us who are being saved, it is the very power of God. Amen. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom, did not know Him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believed. I felt like I was being a little bit foolish, but God was still working through me. Jews demand signs and Greeks uh, look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of God is wiser than the human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were not when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. That cut me hard. Because I had always tried to go in my own strength, my own knowledge and all that. And God was saying, Mike, I don't want you to trust in any of that stuff anymore. I want you to to lay that down. I want you to give that to me. Uh, Oh, and it finishes here. It says, God chose the lowly things of the world Uh, and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. The way that I was going, if I had been successful, I would have been able to come home and boast about what I did. But instead, I'm going to take the next few minutes and just boast about what God did. So I've got some pictures here from the Philippines. And these are pictures. uh, That's approximately where we are. If If you go back there, uh, we were in uh, eastern Samar, um, right along that uh, that whole uh, shoreline there. That's where we were. Um, go to the next picture. That's me and my guys getting there. We're all excited. Everybody's happy. It's very sunny and warm. Um, one of the uh, one of the big things that happened that week is the police department knew that we were going to be there, and so they knew that there were going to be gatherings of people in all these different places. So they were like on heightened alert. And um, so we had the opportunity to go and visit with them, 
And during that time, it just broke out into a time of being able to share the gospel with them and to pray with them. So that's the police chief there. And he asked me to pray over uh, the, uh, his, his entire uh, police department. Here's some other photos. Uh, the, these are just photos of us just in uh, after events and different random place, places. We were able to just pray for people. We were able to see people healed. Go to the next one. Uh, let me tell you, the power of God. There is there's kind of a movement right now that's saying that the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit don't work anymore. That they were only for a time. Uh, this entire week, we saw God working in mighty ways in the healing of person after person after person. Go to the next picture. So these are just more and more pictures of us just praying with different people. Go on to the next one. Uh, just so many opportunities just to sit and pray with people. Keep going. That's my buddy Yago praying over a young man. Next picture. Okay, so stop right here. One of the other things that was completely unplanned that we were not uh, anticipating doing um, was uh, going to a prison. And so we had, uh, we had mentioned that, hey, if there's any chance to go to a prison or a jail, anything like that, we would love to do that. Uh, so here is a group of, of men. Uh, one of the police officers took, took my phone inside the prison, and he took a couple of photos uh, from inside. Uh, go ahead to the next picture. Um, again, that's, that's the guys looking through the window out at us. Go to the next picture. Next picture. Uh, that's the, this is the head of the prison right there, and he was so excited to have us there. Afterwards, we got to pray with him and his team. Um, go to the next picture. But that's what we had to preach through. Because when we got there, there, there were rules that were that nobody could go into the prison. And uh, so, so they were like, you can go to the visitor's area and you can preach the gospel through the visitor's area. So again, these guys were not able to really see us. But they were able to hear about Christ crucified. They were able to hear the Word of God. So we uh, go to the next picture. So we were able to oh, uh, go back one. We were able to, uh, to preach through that fogged out gray glass and, and every single one of those guys right there prayed to receive Jesus Christ in, the, in their heart. Right? Um, the next several nights, we would go on and we would have nine, uh, nine crusades. Uh, every night we did a different crusade in a different town. And this is what it looked like in every single town. Uh, you can just kind of go through these a little bit. Uh, every night. Every night was, uh, uh, we'd go into a different city. We'd go into a different uh, area. And you would see people just coming to Christ. Now, I will point out one thing that you see in the background is all the structures were exactly the same in every city. So, so, uh, so if you go to the next, you see the big, the big cement pillars there. Every, every night we were in a, uh, a different town, but it was in the exact same uh, building set up because the government had come through and set up these, uh, the, these, like, these uh, covered areas uh, for, for the communities to gather. So every night we were preaching the gospel in these covered areas, and every night just hundreds of people were coming to Christ. 
Um, keep going. All right. On Sunday, this is the church that I got to preach at. So I was asked by one of the pastors that was helping us out. He said, uh, hey, would you please come preach at my church? And uh, this, so this is the church that I got to preach at. You can see they don't have much of a, uh, uh, they, they, they don't have much of a media team. Uh, they don't have uh, a big sound system. Uh, there's a lot of things that they don't have, but guess what? They're connecting with their community. They're connecting with the community because what they do have is Christ and Christ crucified, the message of the cross. You see, I think that we sometimes get so stuck in this thing that we, we need a different location to meet, or we need this, or we need that in order to, to, to effectively do ministry. Let me tell you what, all you need to be able to do ministry is a willing heart and saying yes to Jesus, right? Uh, and and the, the, the gospel is not complicated. The gospel is not complicated, and yet the message of Christ crucified is what changes lives. Go on to the next picture. Um, here's just some just random uh, community pictures of some kids that uh, everywhere we go, would pe people would want to meet us and come hang out with us. Um, just awesome, amazing, loving people. Hey, we had so much fun. Keep rolling through. All right, so here, here, uh, here's an interesting thing as well. Um, they had messed up getting us into uh, a bunch of school. We were supposed to be doing school assemblies every single day. And uh, that kind of fell through. Um, and uh, the, the, the people that were supposed to coordinate that didn't, didn't have that all set up. Two of the days that we were there, there wasn't even any school. So we just went to a school one day. It's the biggest school in the area. There's uh, the, just over 5,000 students at this school. Okay. And uh, we went, we waited for the principal to get there, and we just said, hey, would it be possible for us to, to go um, and, and share classroom to classroom with these kids? And the principal thought for a minute, and he just said, well, who are you with? And we said, who are we with? And he's like, you're going to tell them about Jesus? And we said, yes, we're going to tell them about Jesus. He said, okay. So for the next three, for the next, yeah, pu public school, public school in the Philippines, for the next three to four hours, we would be going classroom to classroom. There's some pictures here. Um, we did a little thing outside for, for, for the kids. Uh, but we went just classroom to classroom, preaching the gospel, taking about five to ten minutes in each class. And like I said, it took hours. Uh, but we preached the gospel, preached the gospel, preached the gospel. And by the time that we left that school, uh, there, there was well over... Two, we, we estimate two to 3,000 students accepted Jesus Christ. Um, we also handed out right there, they're all holding up what's called the Book of Hope. And that's a, uh, uh, the inside there is a gospel presentation and um, just, just some information about what, what it means to become a Christian. Um, so, so here these kids are, uh, they just accepted Christ and they got their Book of Hope. They're very excited, as you can see. All right, uh, go on to the next one. That right there is our team that traveled all around. Uh, so um, the four guys from my team and then the, uh, the, 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 the Filipino team. And uh, those guys were amazing. And again, I want to reiterate that those about 10 to 12 guys that are in that picture with us, uh, 
they have very limited resources. They have very limited resources, but their mantra, their, their thing that they talk about all week is how the Philippines will be saved. Their goal, their, their thought is we're going to save the Philippines, right? They're, 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 they, don't, they don't have just some small little uh, uh, you know, vision uh, for their ministry. They want to save the entire Philippines. The people that started this ministry, they've already handed it off to this group of guys, and they're now starting the same thing in Nepal uh, and, and in another country, right? Uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ is going. It's not waiting for us. Uh, as Joel said, the, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Um, is there another picture? I think there's one more. Nope. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I guess I got to get back to my notes then. So some encouragement. I said there was some encouragement with today. You see, God did a mighty work through me. Through my weakness, he was made strong. Through, through, through my weakness, um, he, he showed me what this was actually all about. Uh, after about two to three uh, nights of preaching Christ and Christ crucified, I felt like God told, said to me, hey, I want you to try that horseshoe again. I want you to try that horseshoe again. So I went down, grabbed that horseshoe, and my, the guys that were with me were like, are you sure? Are you sure? Right? And I was like, I just feel like God's telling me to bend the horseshoe tonight. And literally, no lie, it, it, was, it was like bending a paper clip. And, and not only did I not, I, I, we normally just twist it into an S. I took it all the way around into the shape of a heart. And, uh, and my, the guys that were with me, they were just so excited because they, they, they knew exactly what was going on. They came up and started punching me and all that stuff. It was really cool. Um, but I asked a question in the very beginning. Do you feel inadequate? Do you feel overlooked? Do you feel unqualified? And if so, that's great. That's a good place to be because that's exactly who God uses. Just real quick, I'm going to run through some things from the Bible here. Um, in Exodus 4.10, in Exodus 4.10, we have Moses saying to the Lord, uh, pardon your servant, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Moses, who led the Israelites out of Egypt and into the promised land, uh, who did miraculous things, he was basically saying, God, you can't use me. I don't, I don't know how to do this. I, I can't talk. I can't, I can't do this. Right? Uh, go on to the next one. Judges 6.12. Uh, this is Gideon. I love this because the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon before Gideon's ever even been in a fist fight. Gideon's not done anything at this point. In fact, he is the least of the least of the least. And the angel of the Lord is meeting him in this very moment. And the way that he greets him, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. You see, the angel greets him according to who he knows that he truly is. Not who Gideon thinks he is. Not according to what he's done in the past. But the, the, the angel greets him according to who he knows he is and what he's capable of. I would submit to you that there are some mighty warriors in here today, right? Uh, next one, we have David, this young boy who has been passed up uh, 
overlooked. He was unqualified. He was not the right one. He shows up onto the battlefield, and he's the one who goes out to battle uh, Goliath, not because he's so physically strong, not because he's such a great warrior, but look what he says here. He says, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, physical things of the world, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and I will remove your head. Uh, David, he didn't have much to offer from a physical standpoint or from abilities, but he knew who was working through him. He knew that it wasn't his own power that he was about to do this in. Peter, we have a fisherman. We have this, uh, we have this fisherman who, uh, you know, he was overlooked, passed up. If, if you read, uh, if, if you've ever heard uh, like Vander, uh, Ray Vanderlaan or any of these guys speak, right, they'll, they'll tell you that um, if you were fishing in those days, that means you have been passed up. That, that, that means that nobody saw any promise in you, and at some point they had said to you, hey, you just go and do what your, your father does, right? There, there was no, no, no promise in this guy. Uh, so Peter, after he has all these amazing things happen, he has a lot of screw-ups, Jesus is still saying, hey, you're my guy. You're my guy. And he stands up when he receives the Holy Spirit, he stands up, on the day of Pentecost, and what does he do? He preaches Christ crucified. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. Uh, what I love about that is he preaches Christ crucified, and then he says, and then you will receive the Holy Spirit. Next, uh, next slide. Romans 8.11 And that same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because the Spirit who lives in you. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive and living in you today. What can't you do? The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that raised Lazarus from the dead, that, that healed many, that, that did all these things, uh, is alive in you today if you have received Jesus Christ into your heart. So why are you unqualified? Why are you incapable? You're not. You see, we, we go through this life and we have all these people who reject us, who pass us up, uh, and, and, and it starts to define us, and we start to live by all of that rejection. But I am just telling you right now that every word of rejection, every negative word that's been spoken over you has not been spoken over you by the one who created you. The reality, and my favorite verse, everybody that knows me knows this, the reality is this right here. Oh, nope. We got, we, got, we got one more. Hold on. 
Uh, right here is the reality, right? For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Every single person in this room, you are a masterpiece, right? God doesn't make any junk. God doesn't screw up. There, there's no just, oh, accidental people that pop up. You are literally a masterpiece. God has created you just the way that you are to be. And furthermore, He has prepared in advance for you good works to do. Every single person in here, God has good works prepared in advance for you to do. What are those good works? If you're unsettled, uh, maybe that's got the Holy Spirit saying, hey, you, you can do this. You can, you can get out and you can do this. I, uh, she'd probably kill me, but I'm just going to share. My daughter uh, called us this morning to let us know that, that she had invited a friend of hers to church this morning that's an atheist, and the atheist said, yeah, I'll go to church with you. All it takes is an invitation. All it takes is, is to, to step out of your comfort zone uh, and, 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 and ask somebody, hey, can I pray for you? There is greatness. There, there is so much in this room, so much potential in this room, if we will just see ourselves as qualified. See yourself as adequate. We need to get those words out of our head. And when those thoughts come into our head, we need to take those thoughts captive and get rid of them. And we do, I know we're uh, getting a little close on time here. I'm going to close down with, uh, let's go back to that other scripture really quick. Because this is uh, Paul writing as well, still to the Corinthians. But he says, such confidence we have through Christ before God, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. Not the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Some other translations, instead of saying competent, says qualified. Qualified. What qualifies us is Christ in you. The hope of glory. That's what qualifies you. Not eloquent speech. Not degrees. Not, not any of that kind of stuff. But Christ in you is what qualifies you. So I'm going to close with a word of prayer. And uh, I do think that if, if anybody after this service, I'm just going to say it like this. If anybody after this service, uh, if you want prayer to overcome the words that have been spoken over you, that, that have discounted you, that have disqualified you, um, then, then I'm just going to ask maybe Dave, myself, Jen. Uh, we, we get a few people up here. We would love to lay hands on you and pray for you and just pray that God would help you to see yourself in a new light. Is that cool? Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. And Father, we thank you that we can do all things through Christ who gives us power, who gives us uh, strength, who gives us your Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that indwells in each one of us. We, Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, we, we pray, Lord, that, that you would speak to us this week. Show us the path that we are to go. 
And uh, Lord, right now, I just come against every single negative word that's been spoken over the people uh, that are here today. Lord, I take every, every word of inadequacy, Lord, every word uh, that, that has called them unqualified, Lord, every word that has uh, disqualified them, Lord, every word uh, that, that has come against them, uh, Lord, I come against that with the blood of Jesus. And Lord, I just speak over everyone in this room that you are qualified and you are capable. So Lord, I just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.